SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. This is Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. See, I get a longer break when I'm on Sports Grid. That's sorry about that. <laughs> I was upstairs and I went, wait, we're on sports grid today, not sports map. <laughs> so I had to run all the way downstairs. See, doing radio from your house is very unique because your wife will ask you questions and you get into conversations about things and you start having conversations about buying ridiculous things like Black & Decker handheld vacuums. <laughs> you start having conversations about things that are just completely and totally pointless and then you realize oh my gosh i'm upstairs and i gotta get back downstairs because well we're back on so luckily i was able to do that 702751 matt is the text line 702751 we will be joined by jim root from the three man weave coming up here in uh at 40 past about the college basketball games happening tonight i just told you about the james book night news for uconn he's back that is big uh, the weather continues to be <laughs> the weather channel is calling it a historic winter invasion um, <laughs> that's a little bit overstated but um, okay yeah I get it that there are big outages across the country we've got thousands of people out of power in Texas and Arkansas and Louisiana and there's a lot of people who are freezing cold today so yes it stinks it's not fun but these are the types of days where you know the folks on the weather channel this is like their Super Bowl they're all in here. They're all over the country, and they're, they're doing hits like crazy and showing everybody what it's like to be cold. It's winter. It's cold. But 73% of the country being covered by snow is unique. That is not typical, and that is something where there's a lot of people who are asking the question of like, okay, how did this happen? How did we get this cold? How did we get snow everywhere? And how did we lose power in places that should not have lost power? Those questions will be answered at a different time. Now, it's about taking a look at what's going to happen to get these people through this and make sure everyone's safe. So if you're listening, if you're driving across this country right now on XM and, and you're listening and you're realizing what's happening, you know, please be safe. I've seen some really crazy you know, accidents and videos of accidents in Texas that have not been good. So take your time, be safe, and realize that there are people out there that have no idea how to drive in the snow. None. <laughs> and when that happens, it gets dangerous. They drive too fast and recklessly and just it turns into just an absolute skating rink and things really get bad. I was looking at a video the other day teaching people how to walk on ice. And yes, I guess that's a thing because, look, you fall on ice. You could really hurt yourself. So how to walk on ice. You walk like a penguin. Your fate, you, you, you need to have your, uh, <laughs> you have your weight forward and you just kind of shuffle your feet. And that's how you walk on ice. I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't walked on ice in a long time, but it seems to be a logical thought process because that's how penguins walk and penguins walk on ice. So, all right. We have COVID problems in the NHL, like we talked about. Dallas uh, is, is right now suspended, not for COVID, though. It is suspended for the weather. So Dallas Stars, that game tonight will not happen due to the weather. So they are off the board 
uh, look, I'll take a weather cancellation for the natural predators in the Dallas stars any day of the week over a COVID issue, but it looks like we're starting to get through it where we're not having as big of problems. The NBA, though, is not through it. We've got COVID problems in San Antonio for the Spurs. They just played Charlotte, so that's a problem. Next three games for the Spurs have been canceled. The next two games as well for Charlotte due to contact tracing also have been canceled. So we got problems, big problems with the NBA. Uh, and we'll wait to see what Major League Baseball looks like coming up here in a couple of days, weeks, or whatever, once we get everyone down to spring training as to what it's going to look like. But speaking of Arizona, the athletic today, I haven't had a chance to go entirely through this, but this might be on the show tomorrow. The athletic today, uh, Katie Strang has written an incredible piece today on the Arizona Coyotes. And it is, from just what I've read, oh my, huge dysfunction. The headline, Dysfunction in the Desert, Finger Pointing, Fear, and Financial Woes Royal the Coyotes Organization. This organization has been rumored to have been been moving for a long time. That it could wind up heading to Canada. It could wind up heading to markets in Canada that have been desperate for NHL teams. That it simply hasn't worked. And what's really interesting about Phoenix versus Vegas, everyone said in Arizona it was going to work with Phoenix because, you know, look, this is an ownership group and they've had some success down there. You know, Vegas, it's working wonderfully here in Vegas. Winning solves that, okay? If you win and you win out of the gate, you get fans quickly. Losing is tough. And losing in a market like Arizona is equally tough when there are so many other things to do. And, I mean, there are things out there about ownership and failed casino properties here in Vegas. And it's just... If you have a a subscription to The Athletic, I would recommend reading this. And if you're a Coyote fan, you're going to have to read this because you're going to feel really, really badly bad about about the future of your organization, the future of your team, and whether or not it's long for Arizona. I don't think there's a natural market for an NHL team here in America, but there's definitely a lot of hunger for more teams in Canada from more markets in Canada, and, and you would have to think that the NHL would have a conversation or have been having conversations about what to do if things continue to go this south in uh, in Arizona right now for the Coyotes. Not a good article at all. It's scathing in a lot of ways for what's happening right now with the Coyotes organization. We'll read that. Maybe have some of that on the show tomorrow. Next, let's talk some NBA betting for tonight. We've done NHL already. We've got college basketball still to come. Much more to come. It's pushing the odds. Sports Grid, Channel 2. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pushing the odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. As we are rolling on Sports Grid Channel 204, it's pushing the odds on a Tuesday. Jim Root from the three man weave coming on at 40 past talking college basketball. But tonight, got a couple NBA games I want to get into, including Brooklyn and Phoenix. It's a late game on TNT. And you look at the, at the numbers here, it's interesting. So I bet the over 
231. I thought I got 230, but actually it was wrong. It was 230 overnight. It was 231 by the time I got it. So I got it at 231. The total right now for this game is up to 232. The Phoenix Suns are five and a half point favorites in this game. Now, they were about three, three and a half point favorites last night. So a lot of people are fading here. The Nets for tonight are coming in here. And without Kevin Durant, there is some something in the air that maybe Kyrie or maybe James Harden won't be playing tonight. But it's a primetime game for Brooklyn. They are leading the NBA in scoring and field goal percentage. They're second in three-point percentage. They're fifth in free-throw percentage. They are, their true shooting percentage is 62.1%. That's on pace to be the highest ever recorded. The only other teams with a true shooting percentage greater than 60 were the 2020-21 Clippers and the 2017-18 Warriors. So the Suns won six straight games. Devin Booker is averaging over 28 points per game, shooting over 54% from the field and 43%, over 43% from three. So he's been playing really, really well. The Nets are coming off of a 136-125 win against Sacramento on Monday, uh, the first game of their seven back-to-backs, of their seventh back-to-back of the season. The Nets are 3-3 on the second night of those back-to-backs. They are averaging... 112.8 points per game, down nearly 9 points from their season average. So everyone is hopping in here on the under, although it is interesting to watch. It's gone from 230 to 232, down to 231, back up to 232. So there is some disagreement as to what's going to happen here tonight. I bet the over 231, and here is why. I think the Suns, when you play a team like the Nets in on prime time. These are the games where I think the Nets dictate tempo and they force you to play their style. They're not going to stop the Suns and the Suns. Devin Booker could have 40 tonight. He easily could go off for a big, big night because they don't play defense. So when you have the chance for one or two scores to really step up and put a lot of points in, I mean, if they score the last three of the last four games for the Suns, the over has hit. So they're talking about how slow they're playing, and they're 11 and 15 overall against the number so far to the over. And I get it. You know, you could say, well, they're you know not playing the Chris Paul factor. They're not playing as up tempo as you would like. Yep, I understand that. But when you play the Nets, they force you into playing their style. The Nets this year have outscored their opponents by 17 points with Kyrie Irving and James Harden on the court without Kevin Durant. Okay? So they have actually been outscored when those three are on the court together because defensively, they are horrific. (laughs) They're absolutely awful. So really, to me, it comes down to three-point shooting. If Brooklyn and Phoenix both are hot from the outside, the over is going to hit. I think this game could look very similar to the Sacramento game. You know, one team gets near to 130, another team gets near to 120, and we're clear way over. We could see a slower pace, and, you know, I know a lot of people are coming in on the under, and I get it, but I just I can't bet unders for this Brooklyn Nets team. I, just, I can't do it. It just seems to be very – it's too risky. Okay? It's just too risky. I didn't bet this overnight, but I bet it this morning. And 
I, I think you, I, I do think Brooklyn's going to score, and then I do think that Phoenix is going to have a really big game offensively. I just I think Phoenix wins this game. I think Phoenix will cover this score, and I could see Brooklyn scoring like 115 points. And look, if we get 120 to 115, the over hits. So really, my my bet on the over has got more to do with Phoenix and Phoenix's ability to score. So you want to look at a team total. Let me see what the team total is now for Phoenix here uh, for tonight. The team total is 118.5. So, again, you know, maybe you bet the over there. If they get to 120, which was what I'm banking on, that Phoenix gets to 120, and then we get 115 points from the Brooklyn Nets, maybe 113 points from the Brooklyn Nets, we're good, right? I bet over 231. So we hit. I'm not saying it's not going to come down to free throws at the end, and it could be really, really sweaty. And a lot of times in these Brooklyn overs, you are staring at your television set, counting down the the points. And we had it a couple of days ago um, when it was, forget which over I was doing this with. Oh, it was Philadelphia at home against, uh, I forget who Philly was playing. When I was literally, it was like the last minute and a half, and I was counting down. uh, It was... Clippers, Philly, was that the game? I can't remember which game it was. But I was counting down every free throw, every point. I was pacing my my living room, you know, counting on my fingers. Okay, we're down to four points, three points, one point, like one more shot. Okay, we got there. It was I think it was like 113, 113, and the total was like 230, 225 or something. Or yeah, or 230, something like that. And I was like, I had gotten there, and I was like, okay, we're there. We got there with like 45 seconds left before we didn't need overtime but maybe we need overtime we'll see but i can't bet unders with the brooklyn nets i just can't do it so 231 and a, you know, 231 totals through 232 now but that's the public and i would expect the public to keep on betting the over here and maybe we see even a higher number uh, for this game here tonight in particular by the time we get to the national televised game late night coming up tonight 10 30 eastern time for brooklyn at phoenix game of the night though should be an awesome awesome game other game earlier is pelicans at the grizzlies have you guys been watching the pelicans i haven't bet this per se but the pelicans to the over is kind of a stupid run right now so of their last 14 games the Pelicans are 13-1-1. I guess it's 15 games. 13-1-1 to the over uh, in their last 15 games. I mean, that is incredible. <laughs> the last time an over did not hit was back on December 27th for uh, for this. I mean, it's just... Eh, hold on. that That's not... Hold on, uh, that's the wrong sheet that's put up. That's the Lakers, Anthony Davis, that are there. But but the Pelicans are are very much been hitting a ton of overs here so far. And if you take a look at where we are tonight, Pelicans at uh, on the road at the Grizzlies. First meeting was a 118-109, uh, 20-point performance by Zion, 29-point performance from Zion, 27 from Ingram, Eric Bledsoe at 21. Uh, Pelicans are fifth in the league in fourth quarter scoring, averaging nearly 28 points per game, while Memphis is 24th, averaging about 26 points per game. Uh, you got Zion against Ja Morant, which is Austin, always awesome. Two former teammates on the AAU ranks. Morant ranks fourth in the league in drives per game with nine, over 19 and producing points, 10.1 points in a league high, 2.9 assists off drives. So the dude just gets to the rack, gets the ball, and goes. And right now, it is a half a point 
I'm always, I always laugh when books put a half a point up. Like, games don't end in ties. So what are we putting a half a point up for? It's, it's, it's basically New Orleans minus one is essentially the number. Uh, they cover. If they win by one, they cover that clearly. So it's better than one if you're going to bet New Orleans. But Memphis at home catching a half a point. The total is 231 and a half. That is uh, only the third highest total. How about the total for the Raptors Bucks tonight at 236? Woof, that's high. As I said, Suns and the Nets, uh, sorry, Suns and yeah, Nets are at 232. Celtics and the Nuggets tonight, I have no idea what to do with this Boston team. They're at home. They were laying three, then two, now two and a half. Now it's back down to two. This number is all over the place based upon who's going to play for Denver. We're not in po- entirely sure who's going to play for Denver right now tonight. They had four game, four guys out last game, and they beat the Lakers. Celtics are at home. This is a game I will just watch because Boston is in desperate need for a victory. Maybe they rise up and get it, but Denver is pretty darn good. That's a tough game to call. Got some college basketball games to get into. Next, Jim Root at 40 past. Much more to come. It's Pushing the Odds on SportsGrid, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. You're listening to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. So if you're trailing that Vegas Golden Knights money line bet that I gave out earlier, good news. Shea Theodore is back. Great defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight against Colorado. So Kale McCarr may be back for Colorado. That's huge for the Avalanche, but the Vegas Golden Knights may be able to match that equally with an important piece coming back onto the ice. He's at practice today. No one's reported yet that he's playing tonight. It's just that Shea Theodore is on the ice practicing this morning, so that would lead you to believe that he will be in the lineup tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. So that is very big news for Vegas. They are a much better offensive hockey team, better hockey team, period, when Shea Theodore is on the ice for them. So that's very important. Good news there for Vegas money line. I got minus 110 uh, at, at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get now Vegas at minus 108. Both sides at FanDuel. Minus 108 Colorado, minus 108 for Vegas. 8-1-1 one one for Vegas at home, but Colorado lost the first game one nothing. You would think they're going to be extremely motivated to get after it tonight. Big game in the NHL. So I am taking uh, Vegas tonight just because they're at home and they're eight one and one. And Mark Andre Fleury is playing insane hockey right now. He's just he's the hottest goaltender in the entire NHL. Somebody on the live stream, you can always watch this show at Sports Talk. Matt is my Twitter account. I put I pin the video at the top, so we stream this on Periscope, Twitter, whatever, uh, every every day for the whole show. Normally it's four hours. Again, only two hours due to the fact that we are. Uh, that we are not on sports map radio due to the Houston issue with the weather, but they're asking about the Akron game against Northern Illinois today. And the number is 16 total is one thirty-five and a half. Uh, look, I I'm not interested in laying 16 points. I, and I know that Northern Iowa, Northern Illinois is horrible. They're two and 11 against the number They're Owen 
They're two and six in the conference against the division. They've lost their last two against the number. They are two and uh, let's see. They open the year by not covering the first eight games against the spread. Then they covered against Ohio on the 5th of January. Then they lost to Miami of Ohio by 12 at six and a half point dogs. They did cover against Akron in the first matchup. That game was at home for them. There were eight point dogs and they won the game by two. So there could be big revenge here for Akron. Then they lost by 20 and 22, the last two games out to Ball State and Kent State. And Akron's been hot, real hot. They have covered in eight of their last nine games, last two games in a row. They've covered, including uh, at home, sorry, on the road at Kent State and at, at Miami, Ohio. They were four-point dogs last time against Miami, and they won the game by seven. I was on the over for that game, and that hit last game for Akron in Miami, of Ohio. It cleared it by 17 points. That was easy. The over tonight at 135.5, I don't know, I think... Akron seven and seven, Northern is seven and six to the over. Uh, if I was going to bet this game, I probably would bet the over. I mean, that's probably where I would go with this, given it's the MAC and given offense, offense, offense. Sixteen point lines in the MAC. I'm just not interested in laying sixteen points. That's too heavy. So, if you if you want to bet the Akron game, I would say the better of the two plays is to bet the over between Akron and Northern. But I, I'm not going to lay 16 points with Akron coming up here tonight. I did go and bet an over, though, tonight in the MAC, And that is Toledo against Miami of Ohio. Uh, I bet 150.5. The numbers come down to 149.5. Toledo, I think, is going to score in this game. And I think Miami of Ohio can score as well, even though they haven't been covering spreads and they haven't been playing very well. They haven't covered in their last five games for Miami. But again, this number is 11, 11 and a half. I'm just not interested in laying double digits right now. And any, I mean, in this late in the conference play, I'm just not comfortable laying these types of numbers. Even though Toledo is 16 and six to the number, Miami, Ohio is seven and eight to the number in the Mac. Toledo is 10 and four against the spread and they've covered uh, three of the last five, although they didn't cover their last two games. As eight-and-a-half-point favorites against Ball State, they lost by 14. And as seven-and-a-half-point favorites against Bowling Green, they lost by seven. I was on, uh, I should have been on the over for Toledo and Bowling Green last game. That was my bad for not, I, I was scared off by Bowling Green. Should have been scared off by Toledo. So I do think this is a bounce-back spot for Toledo. They've covered three of their last four games to the over. Last two games have hit on the over for Miami of Ohio. So the first time these two teams played, Toledo and Miami of Ohio, the game was in was in uh, Miami, it was in Ohio, but it was a uh, it went over by 26 points. 145 was the total, and it cleared it by 26. So I don't fully understand the move to the under here, going where I got it at 150.5 last night. And let's check at FanDuel just to see where the total is right now for this game tonight. Um, and... It was it is now one forty nine and a half. So it's come down a full point. I bet at one fifty and a half. It's come down. You know, maybe just people are thinking that they're going to be lower scoring games, take the air out of the ball or whatnot. But the first time these two teams played, it was way over. So I don't fully get the idea of why the under may be coming in. I haven't seen any real injury news. Maybe there's something out there in the water that there's injuries. We'll talk to. 
to Jim Root about that. If he's maybe he knows something that I haven't seen yet from an injury perspective, but I like the over here for Toledo in Miami, Ohio. I think Mac games in general betting unders in the Mac is is not is not smart. <laughs> I just don't think that deep that that conference does not play defense. Uh, Providence and Connecticut is back up now at FanDuel following the James Booknight news. It only went up a half a point. It was six. It reopened at six and a half. So one player only worth half a point. In Northern Illinois and Akron, that number now has come down. It's 15 and a half. Now at the FanDuel Sportsbook, it was 16 earlier. It's now 15 and a half. So there's money coming in here uh, on Northern Illinois, which I don't hate, by the way. I mean, again, conference games in February, laying double digits is just something that I'm not comfortable doing. I don't like doing it. Maryland at home against Nebraska tonight, laying 10, I don't like. We mentioned Toledo and Miami, Ohio at 11, I don't like. Western Michigan against Kent State is 9.5. Got to win by 10. Don't like that. So these larger spreads as we get deeper, you know, St. Louis against LaSalle. St. Louis minus 16.5. Minus 16.5 with a total of 141, okay? <laughs> That's a little crazy. And then Illinois tonight against Northwestern. They're laying 12.5 points with a total of 144.5 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. I, I just I don't like laying double digits this late into the season because you've got conference games. There's so much film. These coaches, these teams know each other. Sometimes it's the second time that they're playing. And it just you tend to get tighter basketball games. I mean, we're getting towards the end of the season. We're getting towards conference tournament time. And these teams are playing better. I mean, they, they just know each other. There's, there's, there's no surprises as to how to stop somebody or what to do if if this situation occurs where you've practiced it and you've watched it. So, uh, again, it doesn't impact money lines per se to me. I still think you can do, you know, bet the money line. But, like, are you laying minus 1350 on Akron tonight? <laughs> I mean, like, what? Minus 1350? Who is laying that? <laughs> That's ridiculous from a, from a numbers perspective. I mean, even uh, even in Illinois, it's only minus eight seventy five. I wouldn't touch that either. Minus thirteen fifty for St. Louis tonight at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Like, no, it's just these are ridiculous numbers that you should not be touching. And so it it makes it difficult. You pay premium. You you know it becomes expensive to bet these games, and it's enticing you to do. Things that aren't that smart, like betting, you know, an Akron. Let, let's see, at FanDuel, if you did an Akron, Illinois, and St. Louis money line parlay, okay, those three legs, do you know what you're laying? You're laying minus 350. <laughs> if you parlay three teams on the money line, you're still paying $3.50 here to make this wager with a three team parlay, which, by the way, I don't bet parlays. Eh, it's kind of a lie, but I don't bet them often. How about that? I should stop saying I don't bet parlays. I don't like betting parlays. I try. I bet one last night and it burned me. That's why. Because Toronto's up five to one. I get the win for Calgary. Calgary's against Vancouver. I did a two-team money line parlay to get plus one thirty odds, and I went ahead and rolled with it. Calgary wins in overtime. 5-1 for Toronto. They're up 5-1 last night, and they blow it to the Islanders, the worst team in the NHL. I mean, that was horrific. So that's plus 130. I'm expecting to cash that. I wound up going, you know, going 1-3, and three, no, 2-2 two and two last night. And But I should have been 3-1. and one. It should have been a 3-1 night. should have gotten some plus money. Last night should have been a good night. And it wasn't because of what happened 
with Toronto. Now, I wasn't going to bet Toronto minus 300. I wasn't going to lay that type of juice. So I was looking for something to pair it up with and took a, you know, a Calgary team. I have faded and made money fading two teams in the NHL, Vancouver and Ottawa. Those are the two teams that I have consistently faded here in the beginning part of the season, and it's consistently made me money. Again, I did the same thing. I faded Ottawa, I faded Vancouver, and then Ottawa burned me because the Toronto Maple Leafs just threw up all over themselves, up 5-1, losing it 6-5 in overtime. That should never, ever, ever happen. I mean, I, I just I couldn't believe it. Watching, I wasn't watching the game. I was just watching it on my phone going like, come on. Like, it's 5-1. That's good. 5-2. Yeah, you're fine. 5-3. Okay, a little nervous. 5-4. Don't like this at all. Are you kidding me? 5-5. Five, five, we're going to overtime, and they lose the game in overtime. Like, how? <laughs> like, just how? How does that happen? How do you lose a game like that? I just... Absolute garbage, just complete garbage out of the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, which cost me. So I don't like betting parlays. I don't recommend it. Yes, do I do it from time to time? I can. UFC, hockey, money lines, sometimes I do it, but that's why you shouldn't do it. Because look at the loss I just took when I could have had a win and a loss. Instead, I have a straight loss of both bets. Jim Root, three-man weave. Let's break down the college basketball slate next here. Pushing the odds. Sports Grid, Channel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. All right, time for our weekly Tuesday conversation with Jim Root from the Three Man Weave, three man weave.com to go and check out all their great content on college basketball. Jim Matt Peralt, happy Tuesday. How are you? I'm great. Ready? Ready as always for our Tuesday talk. All right, let's get into this question that came from a listener, and they want to know about the Akron game tonight, and I want to know how we feel about the Akron game. I just kind of went over it. Akron was minus 16 over Northern Illinois. I don't like laying double digits here late in the year. It's kind of a rule of mine. I break it from time to time, but I try to stick by it because conference teams, they know each other. There's a lot of film here. I know Northern's horrible against the number, 2-14 and 14 against the spread, and Akron's been very, very good this year against the spread. But how do you feel about Akron laying that type of chalk at home? Yeah, it's, it's definitely nerve-wracking for Okay, sorry. So we just disconnected with Jim. That happens from time to time. So let's get him back on the phone. Did not know. I know what ha- I know what that sounds like when it happens on Sports Map, but I don't know what it happens on Sports Grid. What that what that <laughs> sounds like when somebody drops when their phone just decides to conk out, and that happens all the time due to well, technology is not always our friend <laughs> when it comes to these things. So we should be able to reconnect here in just one second uh, with Jim Rupert from the Three Man Weave. Uh, to Kenny, we got a bunch of things to get to. It was kind of a weird too. That was like almost like he was going through a bad zone, just kind of the call, just like straight up dropped. So, uh, we'll see if we can get him back on. Maybe. Oh, do we have? Okay, we got Jim Root back at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Okay, Jim, sorry. Continue on on Akron. What was your thoughts on Akron? Yeah, I can't believe I was almost deprived of the opportunity to talk about Akron basketball. I can't, I can't <laughs> handle that. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I think that's it's too big a line to lay for the full game. What I do like, though, is Akron in the first half. Uh, these two teams played already this season, and Akron embarrassingly lost to Northern Illinois. It, it was a disaster, one of only two covers that NIU has had, as you mentioned. And I just think Akron's playing much better this year, or, or this at this point in the season, and they're going to come out hyper-motivated in the first half. I don't want to mess with the end, you know, some of that 16, 17. There could be a backdoor possibility. But I think they assert their will early uh, and can cover that minus nine in the first half. Ooh, I like that idea. Okay, so cut it in half and just take the Akron Zips minus nine in the first half. So the James Booknight news comes out. The, the opening line was six for Connecticut hosting Providence. It comes down. It goes back up at six and a half. One, are you surprised it wasn't a bigger move? And two, how big is this for UConn tonight, laying six and a half against Providence to have Booknight available? I, I can't I can't decide how big it is tonight. I, I think it, it it hit seven when I was glancing at it earlier and came back down. And I think maybe the the slight buyback makes sense. We, we don't know exactly how effective he's going to be, how many minutes he's going to play. Providence can be a feisty underdog, especially in February. Ed Cooley always seems to have his teams make a run at this point in the season. So yeah, laying laying too big a number with Connecticut makes me nervous. I want to see it from book night first before I make him. Uh, highly impactful on the number. Okay, interesting. Do you like Providence? By the way, I can't. I, I can't make up my mind yet if I like the Providence team or not. The, the, the Friars are so inconsistent. Yep, totally agree. I, they're they're a hard team to track. Uh, it's, in past seasons, like I said, this has been when they sort of hit their stride to figure out their defensive uh, makeup and, and then make a run. They did get Jared Bynum back in the second half last game. He's their, their point guard, a guy that moves David Duke off the ball, lets him focus on scoring. He didn't play a ton, wasn't super impactful in that one. But like Booknight, it, it, he might ramp up as games start to be played out. I think he could end up being a big deal for them. We'll, we'll see if that person turns out tonight or not. Jim Root joining us here on Pushing the Odds, breaking down college basketball the slate tonight. Okay, I, I did make one play on an over involving Mac games, and I tend to, for whatever reason, I always ask you about Mac basketball when we talk, but it's where I've kind of focused a lot of my overs this year. And Toledo's at home against Miami of Ohio. And I'm curious, have you heard anything about injuries? Because I got 150 and a half last night. The numbers come down to 149 and a half. I don't really understand move given that Miami of Ohio has been playing better of late in scoring and the first time these two teams played the total went over by 29 points so one is there any news there if not what do you make of Toledo Miami going over I've got nothing in, in regards to injury news unfortunately so you know, maybe that's just a, a little bit of steam the first game did only have 68 possessions so perhaps people are seeing the, the pace of that one and think Oh, it was more efficiency, and we're just kind of betting on the tempo. But I don't really see why either of these teams is going to get stops tonight. Toledo especially, I mean, they're coming off two losses, so they should be very upset. And Miami, yeah, yeah like you said, they've also been playing better. They they went over with the Akron game. Basically every game they have, at least one team scores well over one point per possession. So it seems like a decent bet that we're going to get a highly efficient game from both teams. Yeah, could go like that. Uh, and I, but I have a worse number, which I don't like having a worse number. But fine, uh, I'll take one fifty and a half here. Where are you on Dayton right now? Dayton is catching three against Rhode Island. I'm a little surprised at the number here. I don't like URI. I think they've got a couple, obviously, really talented guards. Uh, but I, I, I thought Dayton could be a team that might do something this year, and I'm not so sure anymore. What, what's your take on Dayton URI tonight? 
I, man, I think it feels like close to a coin flip for me. So I, if I gun to my head, I'd probably take the points just because, you know, if it lands two or three, you get the win with Dayton and they don't actually have to win outright. But I have a hard time with both of these teams. They've got the senior point guard that, that I really like on both ends, uh, probably Crutcher more so than Russell, who's been banged up himself. Um, but, yeah, they're both thin. They've both been hurt by injuries. They're both probably out of the tournament picture right now and are, and are really just mm. trying to ramp up for the A-10 tournament. So hard to get a read on either one. It would probably be a lean to the points, but nothing strong for me there. If there was a game of the night tonight, and I, this late's okay tonight. It's not outstanding, but you could make a case probably for Northwestern and Illinois. So Illinois laying 12.5 points here. First question on the, on the Illini, are they a legitimate Final Four contender in your mind? Yes, I, I think so. I, I, I kind of think of Final Four contenders in terms of ceiling, and I just think their ceiling is very high. With, with Io and, and Coburn, they've got that great inside-out duo. They, they've played a lot better defense of late. They're number two in the Big Ten per Kenpon in just conference play. That's really been a huge boost for them. And they've been making shots. And then when this team makes shots, they're really dangerous because they have the, the interior strength and Io's a great slasher. And if you complement that with perimeter shooting, then yeah, I think I think they could definitely make a run. So what do you what happened to Northwestern? Like the, they were one of like in the early part of the year, they were a good story. And then the wheels fell off. Like what happened to Northwestern? <laughs> It's a fantastic question. Honestly, it, what broke them might have been the second half against Illinois. They had already yeah. lost two in a row, so they were on their way down. But they lost that half 53-13 to 13 in 20 minutes. That, that is just absolutely unbelievable. They were up at halftime by 15 and ended up losing the game by 25. Like I just I don't know if I've ever seen a swing like that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I, just, I was on. I was yeah. on Northwestern, <laughs> so I felt pretty I was good. <laughs> it was like, oh, we just have to not lose the second half by twenty-five, and nope, they yep. lost by forty. Oh my god, it was miserable. But it's hard to say. I, I, I saw a stat that Chris Collins at Northwestern has had three straight seasons with a ten-game losing streak, which I don't think has been done in a power conference school in like twenty-five years, because usually the guys just wow. get fired if they're that bad. So. I don't know if they quit on him or if there's some sort of, I don't know, something going wrong. They did at least put up a fight with Indiana recently, but it's hard to touch this team right now. I don't think they have any sort of good juju going forward. So do you lay the 12 and a half or do you stay away from it with Illinois and Northwestern? Just from a pure gut instinct, I would probably lay it with Illinois, but I'm, my number doesn't, I, I made it right around 12. I haven't totally maybe docked Northwestern to where I should in terms of power ratings, but I'm a little scared. I know you mentioned earlier that it's tough to lay double digits in conference at this point, so I think I'm probably staying away. Yeah, it's a massive stay away from me in this game just because something funky <laughs> could happen, scrubs or whatever, and I mean, I don't know. I feel like Northwestern just is a little bit better than what they've shown over the last month. It's just been ugly, but all right, so are there any plays, any picks and thoughts of tonight that you like? One that I that I do think I like is the uh, Florida Arkansas game. I like Florida on the road here. Um, I'm, let me double check on what the current price is here. I don't want to give any four and a half mistimed information. Four and a half. Okay, yeah, I, I like four and a half. I, I, it got bet up a little bit, and I think that's been the natural move for any team that's coming out of a, a somewhat COVID shutdown as Florida is. But theirs was pretty short. 
and they've been practicing for a while. They were supposed to play this weekend, but Texas A&M couldn't get through uh, clearances. So they've only been off for under two weeks. They, they were good to go this weekend. I think they should be full strength. It's a, it's a big game for both teams in terms of NCAA tournament picture. So mm-hmm. a little like the Dayton-Rhode Island thing where it, it, it feels like a coin flip. I love having four and a half points in a game I think is a coin flip. What do you make of teams that are needing to schedule, like North Carolina, who have had COVID issues and problems and stuff, and then like they schedule Northeastern? Like, should teams be trying to schedule higher caliber competition if they're on the bubble? This is a wonderful question. I, I've seen this debate kind of going a little bit with Colorado State right now, too, because they just lost the Nevada series this weekend. And it's like, is it better to just kind of stand pat and not really risk anything or can you try to add a win? And I, I tend to lean towards it. Well, I guess it's a case by case basis where like Colorado state, probably there's not a ton to gain by playing. They got a clean resume right now. Maybe leave it North Carolina though. I, I like adding a game because they're trying to reincorporate Anthony Harris into the rotation. He's coming along his minutes limit. He's now playing over 10 a game. And I think for the ceiling of the heels to get hit, he has to be a starter playing 20 plus minutes per game. So, Maybe they're just trying to give him one more opportunity to keep going, uh, getting into that rotation, getting into the flow. So from that lens, I think it's pretty smart. But why not play a higher caliber of competition? Why not help the resume at the same time? That's, that's true. And maybe they, they want the, the break from the grind of the ACC, uh, although it's not <laughs> as much of a grind this season as it normally is. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And to be honest, they, you know, they've had troubles with some of these lesser teams. They barely beat North Carolina Central at home. So there's some risk here. Northeastern's a really well-coached team. Maybe they can't compete in the paint with North Carolina like most teams. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe, like, they're just trying to get a double-digit win in which they can get people's confidence up a little bit. Hmm. All right. Akron first half, Florida plus four and a half. Good stuff, Jim. Appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight. We'll catch up next week. All right. All right. Yeah, sounds good. I'll try to keep my phone connection online next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, my friend. Appreciate it. That's Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter. To follow him, three-man weave. Great stuff every Tuesday here. And pushing the odds, we get Jim on talking college basketball with us. Breaking down games. Akron first half. He likes. He likes the over with the Toledo game that I've bet. And we're also going on, obviously, with the uh, Florida plus four and a half. I, I like that Florida play a lot. I mean, I, the, the SEC is just a unique conference because Kentucky, you take Kentucky out of that and you move, you move them on. And it's kind of like, hmm, that's interesting to see Kentucky, you know, not be a tournament team, not be good at all. And it opens things up wide open. Tennessee's had their own issues. They've been good, but they've been cold lately. Uh, Florida has a chance to step in here. Alabama's been my favorite team in the conference by far. Are they a Final Four team? I don't know. I like them at home a lot. I don't like them on the road. They've played pretty poorly away from home recently, in particular against the number on the road for Alabama. So it's an interesting year in the SEC for sure, given how poor Kentucky has been. All right, we got one more segment to go coming up next. We'll get to some picks, recap the plays that I put out there for you guys coming up before we hand things up to Brian Blessing. It is pushing the odds right here on Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio, Channel 204, Series SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to 
to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. All right, so I gave you a couple plays here today already. Just to recap where we are here before we wrap and hand things off to Brian Blessing for lunchtime with bookmakers here in Las Vegas on Sports Show Channel 204. I'm guessing that we could be right back in the same spot, by the way, where I don't know if Houston's going to be up and running tomorrow. It doesn't sound like it. My boss, I don't think my boss's phone is charged because I've sent him a couple of text messages today in Houston and he normally responds and normally questions like, am I on the air today? Gets a response and it got zero response. So there could be a lot of issues with, I guess you go out to your car and turn your car on and and charge your phone. But I know that's been a problem for some people who have not had access to the internet, not have access to their email, not have access to charging their phones. So it's it's pretty much like, you know, end of the world type stuff in, down in Houston. So I'm guessing we're back on tomorrow just here on Sports Grid for two hours like we have been over the last couple of days until things thaw out in Houston. But there's another winter storm going through tonight, more freezing rain, which is even worse than snow uh, hitting Houston. So, <coughs> excuse me. So here, uh, Vegas tonight in the NHL, Vegas money line. Marc-Andre Fleury is in net tonight. Huge for that. So I bet it overnight expecting it to happen, but we're going uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in the Vegas Golden Knights is his fifth start in eight days, but I don't care. He's playing incredible hockey. Ride the hot hand of Marc-Andre Fleury. Shea Theodore is back as well. Uh, K- uh, Kale McCarr is probably playing for Colorado, so that's a big deal for them, but Vegas minus 108, minus 110 on the money line. I like the over for the Capitals and the Penguins at 6.5. It's been juiced up a little bit. I got it at minus 115. That's up to minus 130 right now. It's a little bit more expensive, but I'm going 115 there for that. I uh, like Toledo and Miami on the over, uh, plus 150.5 tonight for that game. And you just heard uh, from Jim Root. He likes Florida plus 4.5. I'll add that as well. So good stuff there with Florida plus 4.5 against Arkansas. We're back tomorrow here on Sports Grid Radio for two hours, 12 to 2 Eastern, each and every weekday. Brian Blessing's got you next year in Vegas for lunchtime with bookmakers. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. I will talk to you tomorrow at noon here on Sports Grid.